Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 703, being recorded on December 14, 2022. I am Sebastian Peake. I am Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm not padding the schedule, Brett Van Spronberg. You can support the site and podcast distribution by going to patreon.com. Yes, PC Perspective is on Patreon, did you know? It's uh, patreon.com slash PCPer, P-C-P-E-R, and you can support what we do here. Keep the lights on. We desperately need your help. I'm not going to lie to you. And if uh, we thank all of our patrons for keeping this going, including Leon R. That's our shout out for this week. Thank you, Leon. Indeed. Thanks, Leon. Is he the professional? I was wondering. Um, he might be, and I guess if we don't behave, uh, I think he's the Patreon uh, donation uh, is licensed to kill, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, it's okay. a pity you've got red behind you, Sebastian. Mm. I never see the dog. Never see it coming. Never see it coming. I'm trying to be festive because I forgot, you know, like, oh. And then we decided, oh, we're actually probably going to do a show next week, so it's all for naught. Anyway, and Josh got rid of his uh, tree. Oh, no. Oh, my, my tree's still here. It's just, oh, okay. So the USB just, cord is really, really short. Ah. Uh, Maybe it can USB make a surprise appearance tree. occasionally during the show. A surprise, surprise appearance. Mm-hmm. Special. It'll be special. By the way, uh, Josh. Uh, Me? Uh, he tends to, he uses this uh, social media platform called Twitter, and he posts pictures of food on it, and uh, he's going to talk about it now. Tech and food go together. They do. We all need both of them. Maybe we don't need tech, but... Sure, we need food. Yeah, no, Born in a Barn today had, uh, I guess it's a regional special. I'm not sure what region it's from, but it's called the Skirt Burger. Sometimes you just like to say Skirt Burger. Now, you can't see it very well in this one, but essentially the idea is two patties, and when they fry up the patties, they then stack them and then pour like melted cheese over it and it's all cheddar and so you'll see there's a, a better picture of it see that there oh and the cheese spreads out and it caramelizes on the bottom so you get this crunchy really interesting i mean it's it's flavorful still uh, you know it doesn't have anything really exotic on it it's essentially a cheeseburger but it's all in the preparation so yeah it's a skirt burger and i'm full makes sense and now I, yeah uh, my god of it you are yeah, it's it's a lot of food, and that's a lot of cheese. So it's cheddar, cheddar. So enjoy. I did, and now I'm regretting it uh, because yeah, <laughs> it hurts. But all good things do. I like to see their Maybe. creativity, Josh. It's impressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Our top story this week is, of course, the launch of amd's radeon rx 7900 series graphics cards and we received the 7900 xtx and the 7900 xt for our oh, skip the intel gpu though i know i know it's all right fine i didn't have time for the updated a770 results that's coming uh <laughs> I did appreciate how when you opened the packaging, which was slightly more deluxe on the XTX, of course, than the XT, because this one had this little mechanism where it kind of lifted the card out. Or maybe it, it, was it kind of hands out. it to you. I can't sort of remember hands now. it to you. If hey, here's the GPU. Forward or if it was already tilted. Anyway, as you open it, it says, welcome to the red team. When you close it really fast, does it sound like it's passing gas? Because as, as it you know goes back down. 
It's, it looks like a tight fit. I know some boxes do yeah. that. I did not test that feature. No. Oh, that's too bad. Follow but up. Look at the. There's the family. There's the the XTX. Wait, which one's the XTX? That one's the XTX. I can't remember now. You can only really tell when they're side by side if you're looking kind of down at them. Let me show you. Because the XTX is slightly taller than the XT. It is no girthier. It's no no more girth. No, they have the same uh, slot width. It's just over two slots. And the same number of screws, too. Yeah, they are otherwise identical. (laughs) But one of them is slightly taller. How how many more watts is that that height difference? Or, Or should we just wait? And just let's look at the specs. The let's look at the specs. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about the architecture a little bit on the podcast. We've talked about the specs, but you know what? One spec actually changed the total board power rating for the XT, not the XDX, went up by 15 watts. I'm not sure if that's because they adjusted voltage right before sending out the cards or what. That seems likely to me, but anyway, total board power goes up from 300 to 315 with the XT. We will talk a lot more about power consumption a little bit later. But all the other specs are the same. And with the XT, you've got 84 compute units. And with the XTX, you get the full 96. Clock speeds are similar, although you get a higher game clock with the XTX. 2.3 versus 2.0 gigahertz. And the boost clock is theoretically up to 2.4 with the XT and up to 2.5 with the XTX. And clocks are a big part of this story. Because as you can see just from AMD's uh, slide here themselves, talking about the RDNA architecture... It is architected to exceed 3 gigahertz in industry first. Well, they didn't do that. They hit about 2.5. Although, you know, some cards can actually hit 3 sporadically. Clock speeds with this uh, seem to be all over the place. Mm-hmm. This is a little inconsistent. Yeah, I, I saw one story that seemed really radical, well above 3 gigahertz. I'm not sure if it's true. Yeah, 3.2 or 3.3 uh, from the Asus yeah. card that's overclocked, but... It doesn't sustain that. It's it's up and down. Anyway, and um, it doesn't in the appropriate time, from what I saw too. <laughs> well, yeah. The other thing is, and I don't even have it in here because I I hadn't been putting the system into like a steady state and measuring just idle. But what I noticed was, anytime I was measuring power draw on the desktop, the card was still pulling over forty watts, and the XTX was often pulling fifty watts just on the desktop, not running anything. So yeah, they're so you are you talking Schrodinger's power draw that it doesn't actually pull power unless it's observed. It's like it's like an idle power yeah. for no good reason. He is high, high idle. Well, yeah, Intel yeah, Schrodinger's power. and AMD did Intel fix that? I haven't run those cards on the latest drivers. No, yet. not yet. No, it's like forty watts <laughs> idle still for them. So AMD Intel have something in common this generation. They both draw a lot of power. I was I put the 4080 back on the test platform back here a couple days ago with the um, PCAT the hardware monitoring. And the thing is pulling like 20 watts total at idle. Like mm-hmm. the 4080. So, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert, the 4080 has better performance per watt than these cards do. Uh, so if we look at a few test results, and this is... Take these for what they are. They're press driver results. I'm using Adrenaline 22.40.00.57, which is a beta release given out to testers of the product. 
earlier in the month. And I think they have a lot of work to do with the drivers. But if we just look at some synthetics, Time Spy Extreme, this is a DirectX 12 rasterization test at 4K. So the XTX is faster than the 4080 in this test by about 740 points. So 14,768 versus 14,026 is the average of three runs there. Still well below the 4090 at 19,325, but this is pretty much the story. You're going to see this kind of sandwich where you have the 7900 XTX as the top bun, the 4080 in the middle, and then the XT as the bottom bun, if that makes any too, sense. Too bad you don't have any melted cheese. I feel <laughs> like that's the 4080 Ti. Maybe that'll be the melted cheese, or maybe that'll be maybe. on top. I don't know. It's, it's Sebastian, I... I, I saw some other Maybe it's reviewers the had a seven eighty. I saw the reviews on that, Josh. That mm. I saw the reviews that that had the XTX slightly below the forty eighty more often. Did you have bar yeah. on or off for this one? Resizable bar on. On okay. Although I don't know what's going on with this motherboard. That's the other thing. I, I specifically mentioned that this MSI X six seventy E Ace motherboard is running. It's a GSA 1.0.0.3 BIOS. There is a new one out. Uh, there has been, uh, I think it was CapFrameX on Twitter was showing results with uh, Intel versus AMD platforms and 1% lows with like, I don't know if it was a 4090 or what it was, but there seems to be an issue with this platform and 1% lows. Anyway, I, I heard you mention 4K also. Yeah, you didn't I mean, use yeah, uh, ultra wide right now. Oh, okay. I'm just testing it ultra wide. So, oh, okay. Yeah. If you an ultra wide 1440, so 3440 by 1440, which is still it's it's more than 2560 by 1440. It's it's not as demanding as 4K, but it's a nice middle ground between 1440 and 4K, kind of. Anyway, 3D Mark Port Royal. Speaking of 2560 by 1440, that's the uh, rendered revo- resolution of this test, I believe. And it is a DXR test, DirectX 12 Ultimate. And this is where you will see any test, pretty much, with DXR, where the 7900 XTX now falls behind the 4080, and rather uh, far behind. It's like a, it's 1,800 points behind. And then in 3D Mark Speedway, which is a more demanding DirectX 12 Ultimate ray tracing test, the XTX reference card scores just over 6,000 points on average, while the 4080 is scoring 7,159 on average. And then the 4090 scores almost 10,000 in this test. And way down near the bottom is the XT at about 5,094, which is still, I mean, if you just look at this in comparison to previous generation uh, NVIDIA cards, like the 2080 Ti, it's 2,000 points higher than a 2080 Ti. It's almost all the way to a 3080 Ti. It's not, it's 500 points behind a 3090, and the XTX is right up where a 3090 Ti would be if I had one to test. And that was the story. Like if you're talking about just ray tracing, an XTX is 3090 Ti level ray tracing, which is you know fantastic compared to where AMD had been. And I asked AMD, by the way, for a 6950 for some previous generation flagship comparison tests. And I was told, we have one on its way to you. And I don't have it yet, so... I hope to get it eventually and then do a review of that because having seen uh, the numbers with this new card, which 
We should, I mean, you've seen the numbers. You've probably seen performance. I can scroll through a couple more of these things if anybody's interested. It's a little bit faster in raster test than a 4080, and it's slower if you go to like a DXR test. So if it's using ray tracing, it's behind a 4080. If it's not using ray tracing, it's slightly ahead of a 4080. The best case scenario is like maybe 10% faster than a 4080, but it falls behind with ray tracing, and it draws more power. So like our reference cards... Uh, are drawing, I don't know, 20 to 40 watts above their rated power pretty consistently. The XT, which is rated at 315 watts, consistently draws 340 to 350 watts under load. It spikes higher. I mean, there's always like momentary spikes. And if you go to Gamers Nexus Review, they have the equipment to do this really, really fast polling. So they can show you uh, those momentary spikes that can actually cause your power supply to uh, kind of fall down. Oh, this, I thought you were going to say burst into flames, but okay. Uh, no, yeah, maybe. It's probably going Not into quite. protection mode, but this, uh, depends I, only on which saw, power supply. I only saw spikes with my equipment of up to 389 watts just in the short testing I was doing. So, I mean, still, this is a 315 watt rated card, and it's often over 340 or 350 yeah. or 360. So, and then the XTX is up in that 370 to 390 watt range and it spiked up to 406 watts in my testing. So uh, they're not efficient, at least not with current drivers, not with current silicon. Not particularly hot though. I had this impression just based on kind of like the heat coming off the card and the, the smell in the air when I was testing these, like these are hot. It smelled like a small space heater. It's just that kind of that new <laughs> plastic and metal smell which burned <laughs> off over time. But the cooler was doing its job. All the hot air was leaving the cooler and staying away from the GPU because I only saw, like, hot spot only hit 79 in my testing. I've seen this corroborated around. These are not hot running cards. At that power draw, that's impressive. It is impressive. It's a very frank. good cooler design. Yeah. Uh, Gamer Sex has pointed out that the ramp is pretty fast. It goes up to pretty much full rather quickly. But that can be fixed with, you know, a driver. Well, you know, when you're using the... Uh, dare I say old school PCIe power delivery eight pin? You've got a lot of wire there to pull a lot of power, so you know. Let's see. Yeah, I wasn't worried about that. I've, after all the, you know, the, I know twelfth pin high the, high voltage. Yeah, it, after that, it's like who cares? Just draw double the power from each eight pin. That's that's fine. <laughs> There's so much. It's like it's like giant cables, you know, with the old eight pin yeah. ones. Like look at the size of all these wires. Boy, we should be able to pull a lot of power through those. You know, AMD, we might pull more power, but your power connector doesn't catch on fire. That's right. Yeah, there's no no melting. <laughs> <laughs> Much lower drama. Uh, clock speeds in this Metro Exodus uh, benchmark. With the XTX, they were hitting a little over 2,500 at, at peak, but I ended up doing some averaging later. We'll talk about that, I guess, if we go over the aftermarket design that I tested, the partner card. But uh, clock speeds well, well, well below the potential for RDNA 3. So with, with this kind of performance, and this architecture absolutely scales with clock speed. If you get an overclock on one of these cards, you're immediately going to see higher performance. So, and then, of course, a big part of this launch is value because that's where they're taking their stand. Like they're not the performance leader, but AMD, and they're not the efficiency leader. You're not seeing performance per watt. 
you're not seeing performance crown their marketing right now is centered all around value it's 9.99 for the high end and 8.99 for the one that's uh, below that i think the 8.99 price is too high it's like a 7.99 product but it's 8.99 right now they're waiting for nvidia to strike you can always lower prices adjust. exactly but you only mm-hmm. get you only get one shot to set the value proposition you know, and I think if people see, wow, this $900 card is now $800, that seems cool. super reasonable. Well, they have one shot to set the performance unless they can do amazing okay. things with drivers later. Well, they can always they, alter value. Because if, if NVIDIA decided, hey, 4080 $999, suddenly it's, <clears throat> it's a very different story. And they can't, they, they're not going to be able to, to win on value either but uh, that hasn't happened yet and right now nvidia can still say hey you're you know dxr performance rtx performance and feature set and dlss and all of that that's worth the premium and if you're spending a thousand dollars on a graphics card that doesn't have those things and there's one that's twelve hundred dollars right above it you know it's it's what's 20 percent more you know let's do a stock check right now live newegg.com oh guess what good call let's do it actually live cards available right now there haven't been all day there weren't last yeah. night but we've got let's see xt oh the mercs 1100 wait i uh i checked me... uh, my local micro center as you know most people have one and uh they only had xt's no xtx's at the micro center in uh northern virginia or maryland close by scroll well, through at the amd price, at the right price amd's direct site they had uh, throughout most of the day the 7900 XT for sale at MSRP. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's gone now, but yeah, it's um, it was surprising how long. And I think I tweeted about this earlier is that I'm I'm actually really kind of happy about how people are using their wallets to to tell companies about their products uh, because mm-hmm. at launch day you used to not be able to get anything right, and you know. The 4080, there was hours and hours and hours and days after you could still buy them. And now we're, we, the 7900 XT is, is not a great value at 899 no. for the performance you get. I mean, like I said, like you said, 799 price point is a lot more palatable um, because you can get a 6800 XT for around 599, I think now. And, um, <laughs> Dip into the mid fives, yeah. If you're yeah, and that's that's an outstanding performing card for now that price, um, but compared to what these you know top end new products are, it's you know not always going to be the same. But yeah, it uh, if you're if I, if I were to build a computer for somebody right now, yeah, I'd probably just get like a sixty seven hundred XT for him because it's damn near thirty seventy performance. And uh, about 400 bucks. So there. Yeah. <sighs> it's all bad. It's all bad value up at the top. And it's getting even worse. I mean, just because, yeah, 4090 is 1600 bucks, but it actually performs. 4080, bad value. 7900 XTX, not great. 7900 XT, really not great. So. Yeah. There, there, there's going to be some big meetings going on at the graphics firms and talking about um, throughput and wafers and costs and 
what they can do to actually sell these parts because right mm-hmm. now it's it's odd that they aren't moving especially in the holiday season and i think you know maybe consumers are just tired i mean inflation's going out of control worldwide we've been in you know last two years of, of covid people trying to get a hold of stuff and be so incredibly frustrated that they're just done i, I don't want to buy yeah. anything i'm i'm tired and cranky and i'm not going to take it anymore <laughs> okay maybe i will by the way <laughs> I, I wasn't really paying attention when i scrolled through new egg earlier there are a bunch of cards in stock all the way up to the 900 and $80 price point, but they're all XTs. There are no XTXs for sale. They're all out yeah. of stock. So you can buy a, you know, a $980 XT, but you cannot buy a 999 or higher XTX. And of course, I think part of that, there was a, a comment in YouTube a bit ago, and it's it makes sense that there'd be more XTs because XTs can be defective XTXs. It's the same mm-hmm. GPU. So you just disable one um, memory module and you don't have to have as many cus active and it doesn't have to yeah, clock 16 cus so yep. so yeah it's depressing the availability of the xtx which is the only one i would even recommend buying I and mean, if if you like what amd has to offer if you like radeon as a brand if you just care about raster performance if you are still one of those people who thumbs your nose at ray tracing then the XTX is faster pretty much across the board if you don't have any ray tracing enabled. And it costs $200 less than the Ford. What's the scalper pricing on XTX right now? When I looked last night on eBay, they had already started uh, hitting $1,600 to $1,800. Yeah. I was looking at sold listings and the new listings. You've really. That's reaching. You really have to want just it's that. It's a scarcity. In order to pay them. Uh, Josh and I both warned everybody that the these would not be available. It's mm. how many launches have we had in the past where they're just the yields weren't there and it was hard to buy the flagship part for a while. It might take a few months for supply to catch up to demand. And as we learn more about the architecture and maybe the lack of maturity of this product before launch, then it makes more sense. I, I did read that stock uh, levels did hold out for literally hours. Uh, so no, well, I think that they well, that's are, the thing. did have good yield and maybe not ideal. And clearly the idea no. that... God, I think it's more Josh's point that uh, people were not snatching them up. Really? They were snatching up the XDXs. Well, okay, yeah, so fair, yeah, but nobody wants the XT, and I don't. Why would you? Why? It, why why it's would too you? Close. It's too close. They should have segmented it more. Bucks. Make the XTX ten ninety nine and have the XT at eight ninety nine. Then it makes sense. If you weren't willing to sell the XT for less than eight ninety nine, you had to make the XTX more expensive. And they wanted to hit that price point. They they were very clear with us at the Tech Day event in Las Vegas at the beginning of November that. was the goal. This was the price point. I think that they made that decision after they figured out that they couldn't compete at the high end. (laughs) For their second fastest card that you can buy, they wanted $9.99. And 
you can't have two cards $100 apart like this because then the partner cards start to overlap the price and they're doing the best they can. I'm sure that XFX, which makes the, the first partner card that I've had a chance to look at, the Merc 310 Black Edition of the XT, this is a $980 product. So as overbuilt as this is, as nice as the design is and the cooler is really, it's the, they say it's the best product they've ever made in 20 years of making graphics cards. And this goes back to when they made NVIDIA graphics cards. And I believe them. I, I have used and you know held and examined previous XFX designs. While on the surface, this is reminiscent of even last generation's card, it does not feel that way. It's heavy. It's smooth. It has like this premium look and feel to it. The entire back of it is this piece of aluminum that wraps around the rear. It's not quite to the level of an NVIDIA Founders Edition card, but it is a very well-made, very solid feeling design. And it's very cool and quiet. It has three larger fans this time. The 310, like Josh was saying last week, I think is 100 millimeter fans instead of 90 millimeter fan. And it's great. And you can actually see here that they're, they're using the same cooler for both XTX and XT. There's a third eight pin on the XTX that we don't have here on our XT. And yes, that means that power draw is higher with this card than a reference. And everything about this card is designed really for that high end, but noticeably outperform the reference XT. Time Spy Extreme goes from 12,608 to 13,312. You have, you mm -hmm. actually leapfrog the 3080 Ti in Speedway. The DirectX Ultimate Test goes from 5,094 to 5,339. It's consistently outperforming a 3080 Ti in DXR. So that's something. And that's just with higher clocks. That's all they did. It's higher clocks, better power delivery. Here's another example. Conspiracy uh, from the power supply companies. <laughs> Dirt 5, uh, it only it's, went up about it's 5 from, FPS. It's, it's big power. <laughs> power conspiracy. Uh, here's a yeah, DXR it's big, test. It's big power. Metro Exodus Enhanced Edition is a ray traced title. It's There was their ray tracing update to the game. And it goes not, let's see. It's actually quite a bit faster than the 3080 Ti in this game, faster than the 3090. In fact, now it's the XT that is at 3090 Ti level of performance. And then you have the XTX above that. Ooh. So it's, it's significant. And if you look at the clocks, look at this. The clocks are a full 150 megahertz faster in the same Metro Exodus test across the board. It's, you know, I did forget to ask whether you push the clocks on the reference cards at all. No. I did a little bit of overclocking testing so far on this uh, aftermarket card. I have not tried to do that with the uh, reference card yet. Um, but 150 megahertz across the board. The average, uh, I did uh, 10 runs of this in this chart here, in this final run. I'm like, oh, it's at temperature now. It's been running for a while. So I averaged the final run. And the average with the Merc card was 2,492 megahertz. And the average with the reference was 2,347. So almost exactly 150 all the time. And a little bit higher power draw, though. 30 to 50 watts higher power draw, though. Mm. So we're almost up to uh, XTX level power draw now. Yeah. It just seems like the first, uh, the first run of chips, they would not have done any binning on them. And the partner card would have been potentially just as good it just seems like you'd be able to get at least 150 megahertz you know out of the reference design as well if xfx can right but and it has the same you know, two eight pins this is not some like 
quad slot monstrosity. Right, exactly. They, they, it's a little bit more cooling. I saw the length was like 20% more. This card uh, is the size of like the Supreme X NVIDIA cards last generation, like the 30 series mm-hmm. Supreme X. Yeah, that's a massive card. I mean, it's about the same size as that 6800 XT I reviewed last year. Yeah. But, uh, the thing is is a beast, but boy, yeah, it's... I mean, you for what you get, um, the price isn't that bad, if you really think about it. I mean, what Asus is charging for their tough stuff and and uh, some other higher-end guys, uh, XFX is, is doing it for cheap for what you get, so... Kind of nice, and also I've 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 been hearing rumors, and I shared some on Twitter as well that uh, these chips were not. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it, the non-working t- things, stuff that even t- though it was designed for three gigahertz, there's something in the chip that is causing it to not get anywhere close to that and to mm-hmm. chew up more power. Um, it almost seems like you know AMD had their back against the wall. It's like, we need to release this and we go with what we got. And this is what we got. I mean, it works. So, you know, performs well overall. I'm kind of curious if, if they will be able to cure those 1% issues because nobody likes a chugging video card, even though it says it's, you know, doing 120 frames per second when it dips into 25 yeah. You notice it quickly, so I don't know. We haven't Not talked about those one percent. Going to save you at that point. We, it, we haven't really addressed those one percent. The worst offender for me was Cyberpunk, which was pretty terrible. Like it was, you know, yeah, dropping nausea inducing six or seven <laughs> frames per second as the mm. lows. But uh, that was the only title where I saw that. And then uh, Hardware Unboxed, they didn't have that issue, but it's a different platform. He's testing with the uh, X3D. Uh, so I don't know if it's just... I, I don't know if it's just the X670E platform or what it is. I have new Agisa code to update this board with. I want to do uh, scaling testing with the 4090 on different Agisa versions and see what that does. But anyway, that tweet that Josh had mentioned earlier for the audio... Um, listeners Kepler underscore L2 on Twitter said so AMD decided to release Navi 31 A0 silicon which is known to have a non-working shader prefetch hardware and there's a link to a github it's a security feature (laughs) so (laughs) is this A0 silicon sort of randomly mixed into the bashes and we're awaiting a respin to get new silicon basically ouch so, so is this disabled or you just, oh, whoops, you got one of the bad chips. So the, the driver just knows not to use prefetch on for shader calls. I don't know. I don't pretend to know enough about this. There was mm. uh, another um, David Beppo, I believe it's pronounced on Twitter, was talking about trying to look at the GPU stepping in um, GPU-Z and there's conflicting, like mismatch steppings, he puts it like it's... And then the the revision that's presented, which says C8, is actually the board revision. It's not the silicon revision. So I don't know. It's I, I seriously doubt we're going to get confirmation from AMD. Like, oh yes, indeed, no. it is a zero silicon, and uh, it's barely you know baked. And uh, we've there's rumors now. If you listen to um, Moore's Law is dead, he's saying that the AMD driver team he has word from inside the company that they've been ordered to work through the holiday now. 
and that this is a huge priority within the company to get performance up and work out some of these issues in software. OC3D.net, Radeon acknowledges high uh, XT and XTX idle power with their software. Sure. 22.12. Yeah, we were just talking about this. Drivers. Expect oh, the brand new Wickle. Yeah. Expect a lot of bug fixes with their 22.12.2 driver. This is obviously why um, the team would have to be working the holiday if they're working on that issue. Indeed. So any any thoughts, any uh, concerns about the marketing? I don't really want to get into that personally. Well, I'm just glad that they're not going to have to worry about freezing to death because Scrooge won't give them any coal because all they have to do is run one of the cards and they'll stay warm over Christmas while they're working. Yeah, they put out a lot of heat, but it keeps the GPU cool, so it is a good design. <sighs> Pricing is totally whack based on performance. Yeah. I don't know where to go with this right now. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I'm got, happy that they have, you know, that there's competition, that AMD has something, yeah. that they're pushing it out and they continuing to, you know, show us that that they're willing to, to fight for the top end. And, uh, you know, they have an interesting design. I mean, their chiplet design is interesting. It's unique. It works. It seems to work well. And I think that they're going to build upon that in the future. Um and they they've got a bit of a head start uh, against you know Intel and, and Nvidia when it comes to this kind of technology, and I I think they'll put it to good use and they will continue to evolve. And again, they're a couple of steps ahead of, of the rest, the competition. I know that uh, Intel has you know what the Pontevecchio, uh, you know many many chips on, on substrate, yeah, and uh, but you know for a mass produced consumer card, you know, it's like. AMD and HBM back a couple of generations ago. Um, they were the first to, to, to dive into that pool. And, you know, it hasn't exactly worked out, but the same technology of, of an interposer and, and multiple chips, I mean, it's being used now for this uh, product. So, you know, we probably won't see HBM in the consumer space again anytime soon just because it is more expensive uh, even though, you know, it is a great technology, um, you know, GDDR6 and the new, what, 6E? I can't remember the one, the Micron that, that came out. Um, that will continue to be a cost-effective solution for a memory controller. And, and the way that chiplets have evolved, you can put six to eight of these memory controller chiplets on there and everybody's happy. So, and it, as you mentioned as well, I mean, the flexibility of, of being able to disable one of those and make a lower-end card and still works fine. As far as we know, they could have a blank die in, in that one. I I don't know, structural-wise. So, no, it's 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 neat technology. It, it, glad it's there. Just wish it was it was more affordable uh, for people. And, uh, yeah, I think a 799 XT product is, is uh, far more interesting. It probably would have yeah. sold out by now. That's the thing. If NVIDIA's next card whatever the replacement for the canceled 4080 12 gigabyte ends up being. <laughs> if that comes in at 899 and is faster than the XT. Oh yeah. I feel like unfortunately for us, AMD launching at 899, which I always thought was kind of a placeholder price anyway. By the way, here is the amd.com 
new low price for the RX 6950 XT is 799 which it's honestly, mind-blowing. Right now, that's I would get that over yeah. the 7900 XT. I mean, yeah. They are not that far apart, those two cards. And in fact... You'll know soon enough. You'll get one. In, maybe, yeah. In some cases, from other stuff I was looking at, the 6950 XT can even be a more efficient card than the 7900 XT. So Ooh, I would buy... <laughs> the the monolithic tried and true 6950 XT at 799 or less rather than having to pay 900 or more for a card that barely outperforms it and may or the may not hotness. have like power draw <laughs> issues and other problems Drive, driver driver issues yeah i'm not spending the the big bucks to get the XT i would i would risk it on the XTX but i don't know i it's it's odd to me, and I, I, it's all a joke because I don't have a thousand dollars anyway to spend, much less twelve, right? sixteen. Any more on the subject, or shall we move on? Move. Okay, we are going to pause. Move. Instead. We're going to pause here for a word from our first podcast sponsor this week. You know that having a good working business team takes plenty of effort. You can help your team towards that goal by driving efficiency. Take a look at some of your current software tooling. Does it scatter information and communication channels in different directions? Let's talk about what Coda can do for you. If you want to eliminate the loose ends that can slow down your team to a crawl, pool your resources and put everything into Coda Docs and see how easy it is for your team to get it all together. Once you work in Coda, you can stop asking things like, hey, is this the latest revision? Where do the performance stats live? Hey, we're maxed out on licenses. Can we get the usage reports? Or what's the status on the media buy? Or what was the decision on that? This kind of confusion and accompanying limitations are what you get when your work products and processes are spread out across a bunch of tools that are supposed to support your team, but really, they hijack your collaboration flow and slow down your team momentum. Coda centralizes your work, no matter the format, so your team can cooperate without roadblocks. If you want better collaboration without the aggravation, Coda is the all-in-one tool that's going to make a difference. And you can start right now for free. Head over to coda.io slash pcper. That's C-O-D-A dot I-O slash pcper to get started for free. We're back, and let's talk about a new ADA64. That's right. Every time you have a new product launch, you've got to update ADA64. And they did. That being final wire. Yeah. But they, they gave Thomas. him more love than just like the, yeah, Thomas. Still, Thomas. Good guy, Thomas. It's more than just your your brand new uh, Navi 31, though. They did a whole bunch uh, for like B760s, Z690s, because uh, some of the newer ones, like they didn't quite get the temperature sensors correct. So this new update is going to take care of that. A uh, whole bunch of new stability tests for your brand new Ryzen processor, if you bought one, for AVX 512 and just the basic AVIX. And the stress test, which is one, actually probably one of the best benefits of this, uh, now draws 14% more power. Uh, and when you're doing a stress test, the, the more power getting fed in to see how stable you are, the better. If you've never tried it, it's worth Try it. They, they give you a month for free. It's impressive. It's a good tool. Let's move on to some videocards.com uh, coverage. Our friends over there have a story about the 13th gen non-K CPUs, which are coming, and they are apparently 28 to 64% faster than 12th gen, according to leaked tests. Now, 
I don't know about this whole Twitter data mining sourcing trend that we've had for the last few years, especially considering what happened with, who was it? Uh, as a digression here, Graymon something, something, Graymon 55. We had referenced them several times over the last year. Videocards.com had cited them a few times. They deleted their Twitter account uh, Oops. a week ago or so. And slunk away. Oh, into the yeah. And hmm. Apparently, they were just pulling stuff out of their butt. And then when the actual product came out and the specs and performance are not what they claimed they were going to be, they just deleted their account and disappeared. Yeah, I kind of there's think, no, no I have consequences. a theory. This is just like some 14-year-old kid who's like, ah, oh, okay, game's up. I'll just, I don't want to deal with the aftermath. Yeah. That's now, never happened before. Because now we're citing... According to test results shared by Chai Eleven E the Dog, I guess chilled chilled dog chilled dog. dog. The Intel yeah. CPU update will bring considerable performance boost to 65 watt desktop lineup. And then they have a photograph of a spreadsheet with a graph, and it's a photograph <laughs> of like a, a LCD screen. So who knows? What but you're not ten percent written there. And I, this you're not is a close this? up with uh, what is that? What is that effect? Well, the first, the first graph, more the first, <laughs> more the first graph was uh, single core. The this this graph you're looking at is okay. multi core. Yeah. So single core. Mm. According to what? It's, According to somebody's Intel yeah. spreadsheet or Intel spreadsheet? Yes. 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 According to their Cinebunch. 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 <laughs> <laughs> this story. Are you hungry or It's cereal. <laughs> yeah. Let me just, no let more me just Twitter say that again. leakers, please. Let's just wait till the damn thing comes out and then. You're going to want to start testing test with an Intel platform, is what I think. <clears throat> hey, speaking of AMD and memory, Corsair. Yes. Now, you know the sweet spot if you've been listening to us, is DDR5-6000. Just get yourself a kit of DDR5-6000 if you're on AM5. It doesn't really matter what the latency is unless you're some kind of a memory nerd. You care about memory benchmarks, CAS32, CAS38. Just get yourself the 6000 because then you have that one-to-one uh, F-clock to memory frequency no. that you want. Although it's more of a moving target with this generation, but yeah, still. This is very low latency, though. I mean, for for what it is. Oh, God, yeah. 30? Th cast 30 for DDR5-6000 is very good. That's the same as we use on our uh, test platform, and it's it's very fast. And AMT's Expo is intended to help with your move to the new platform specifically designed to uh, help your memory perform <laughs> the way it's supposed to. Instead of just using well, those workarounds, the XMP equivalent settings that varied by manufacturer. It is nice that they... Yeah. Well, and as AMD usually does, it's open standard. So in theory, you could actually use this on your Intel platform as soon as they decide to support it. Yeah, but it's, I mean, the, it's easy enough to do it manually because you have all the timings and the voltage right there yeah. on the, the label. But yeah, I have found that depending on the motherboard, yeah. sometimes there is Expo support and sometimes there is not. But some vendors, yeah. I think, are supporting it on the Intel side, just on their own. But uh, tech yeah, and tech power up, like they did it manually afterwards, yeah. and the amount of time that they spent doing it manually versus the tiny little gain that they had, it's like no Expo was pretty nice. This is pretty uh, high voltage too. I mean, to get six thousand yeah. cast thirty, they're they're pumping one point four volts into this versus JDEC, you know, one point one volts. 
Would you have felt brave enough to manually push 1.4? I mean, if if it says it handles 1.4, sure. 1.399, but... I mean, let let Expo do it, but I don't know if I would have manually turned it up to (laughs) 1.4. I just... That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Now, this is where you get into the territory of why bother? Because we're looking at gaming results at 1080p, yeah, and the uh, 6,000 cast 30 sets. Battlefield Five, you're getting 260.07 frames per second, but 6,000 cast 40, only 259. You're losing <sighs> one frame that's a, per second. That's a difference you can feel. It, the scaling is very uh, small. Well, it's Down memory. Two. What do you want? I know it's. It can be. It can affect things like your lows. It, it's latency. Some games are more <laughs> latency dependent than others. Some applications, but yeah, the scaling isn't huge. I there's basically no scaling here. There must have been a GPU bound at yeah highest graphical preset, the thirty eighty Ti in Forza Horizon Five. There was basically no scaling at all. With memory. Okay, yeah. Memory. Testing memory is hard. I'd still rather it do sucks. it than test uh, networking it's equipment. It's boring. Yes. Wireless networking rec- testing is the worst because atmospheric uh, conditions give you and a child walking through your zone with a cell phone, and it just is awful. Don't my, do it. My recently invented Cinebunch testing in the new serial mode would have turned up the memory uh, latency difference. Mm. You're giving Sebastian flashbacks I, here to his I, first meme. I, I, I did this preliminary work to try to do network testing in the house, and I went around with a laptop, and I had um, an application open that showed me the signal strength and all that stuff, and I was, like, recording these values in these different parts of the house and labeling the values, like, you know, uh, front left corner of living room, back left corner of living room, front right corner of living room, middle of living room, bathroom, kitchen back counter by oven. You know, I had all these different things. <laughs> And it's, and then I realized, wait a minute, I've actually got to wait because then like it'll reestablish and like it'll renegotiate a speed. So sometimes the we're doing MIMO, we're doing multi multi antenna. So sometimes the signal strength was just as high, and I wrote down, oh, this many decibels, and then like, oh crap, it it had stepped down to a lower speed. That's why I had the the better connection, I think. But it's it's painful. And then my yeah. house isn't going to be like your house. And my walls are different from your walls, unless you're in a 1929 Cape Cod with lath and plaster. Yeah, Boy, we, Josh, we are just going off on segues left and right. Josh, you should have hosted yep. the show this week. Let's quickly I, the next I saw a Segway, commer- uh, a Segway repair shop on my way to work yesterday. I didn't See, realize that was still a thing. Idea. That's all yeah, I had to say about that. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, uh, there's still a place that repairs it. Speaking of segues, we're going to segue into this quick. large technical story about support for Windows 7 and 8 is finally ending in January, including Microsoft Edge. We're sorry. Huzzah! If you love Windows 8, if you love tiles, if you never even upgraded to 8.1, then sorry. It doesn't matter. It's over. Oh. They want you well, on maybe 21 H1 is included in that too, by the way, if yeah. you're Windows 10. Oh, no. Yeah, 21 H1 is uh, a month out. Yeah, the very last... Uh, yeah, recognition is 21H1. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know what? People used Windows XP long after it went EOL. They still are. I, Check out your bank or your hospital. I used Windows <laughs> XP all the way up until Windows 7 came out. So, you know, I think a lot of people skipped Vista. And ME. And I didn't have, a, like, a enough 
power in my system to really notice the difference. Like, I, yeah, I, I had a 32-bit operating system, so I, so what? I had, like, two gigs of RAM anyway. The comment out of the YouTube chat is uh, Gavin states that Win 7 is still about 10% of the world's installs. How many millions of machines is Probably, that? yeah. Yeah. How many millions? millions? Many millions. Oh, God, yeah. No, that's, and it's all... And that's, and that's seven. Well, because it was embedded. Right, XP embedded was actually decent, and so they just yeah. kept it okay. and will not move. Think of that the next time you use an ATM. Let's pause here for a word from another podcast sponsor this week. Have you ever been surprised to find a semi-mysterious charge on your bank account or credit card statement only to suddenly realize that you actually did sign up for something? That's money you've already spent on something you didn't use. Could be the local gym a lawn care service for a place you don't live at anymore, or more likely some sort of online content access you're not using. Hulu? Prime? Some random news site? How much are these unwanted subscriptions really costing you? This is where Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, can really help you out and take control. This app shows you all your subscriptions in one place and can cancel the ones you don't want. Simple. Aw, yeah. Rocket Money might even find ones you've been double-charged for. Nice. No longer want a subscription? Press that cancel button on the app and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash pcperspective. Seriously, this could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash pcperspective. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash pcperspective. We're back, and we're going to move right into the security corner portion of our podcast, which I know is extremely popular with dozens of people. Mm-hmm. Apple fixes actively exploited zero-day security vulnerability affecting most iPhones, writes Zach Whitaker at TechCrunch. Well, Apple is very you know transparent when they push out an update, like, say, the one that just hit out at the end of November. It was just sort of, there's an important security update, so you should probably do it. Well, we finally found out that it was WebKit was pretty screwed. Uh, There was a zero day that they found actively exploited in the wild, which, you know, if you're using Safari or anything else, was able to just sort of run malicious code because it felt like it. La-di-da, la-di-da. Yeah, no problem. Come on in. Yep. So if you haven't updated... um, Two weeks after they released the, uh, I think if I remember the article correctly, they released a patch, and then it was two weeks later that they finally said, "Oh yeah, yeah, we patched that, and here's what it was." Yeah. So there's a real discrepancy between them admitting and talking and addressing uh, the talking about and and addressing the patch, and then finally admitting about what it was. What it was. They yeah. still haven't. Yeah, they still haven't really kind of brought that together and started to come a little bit more clean. It's the Apple way right now. Well, it's, it's not just phones that have problems because Microsoft digital certificates have once again been abused to sign malware. It's a story at, uh, by Dan Gooden at Ars Technica. I had to resist the urge to be snarky about how can you tell, but okay, all right. Any more on this? No, no, it's just like... <laughs> oh, did you want to make me... Yeah, it was just... <laughs> Okay, that's fine. It's, it's good it happens so often. I mean, you can just fill in from another podcast. <laughs> are they, what are they using AI for this again, or what is happening now? This one, this one, I didn't read. This one, I got off of a Jeremy. Also, uh, I thought it was a Jeremy thing. Oh no! I, it, I mean, I probably sort of mentioned it uh, okay. slightly, but yeah, it's, it's it's just you know, drivers have access to your kernel directly, so you wouldn't 
I want to worry about, you know, unsigned things hitting it that Microsoft is totally saying, oh, no, they're fine. It's perfect. Just just, just go with the, the HCW or the HCP. It's great. But, yeah, what, move on. Where, where do the malware purveyors get a hold of the signing certs is how is is how do they do this well i mean you, you have to be able to get a hold of a signing cert to be able to well sorry you you need to be able to grab a certificate to be able to run things and so the mm-hmm. digital signature which is the thing that does it is you know just a bunch of aes encrypted uh sometimes 256 sometimes 512 sometimes questionable and you can do some interesting things where if as long as the hash value of the uh, whatever it is that you're running matches what the hash value was of that cert, then you can just copy and paste the cert into the bottom and away you go. Oh, so they've come up with an equal hash value. Is that what you're saying? I didn't actually yeah. understand. Uh, okay, I, cool. I, they didn't really right. fully explain it, but that is my assumption. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunately common to, to based upon the width of the hash value yeah, that you can get problem. different strings or different sets that that hashed the very same result and are equivalent, yeah. unfortunately, and can look like a block has been signed by the proper yeah. key when it in fact hasn't. And sadly, brute force will get you that hash value. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Fair. Get it. Another uplifting story comes from... OpenWRT, there's a security advisory, multiple issues, there's a whole bunch of uh, numbers here, but multiple vulnerabilities were found in the Linux kernel, Mac 802.11, and CFG 802.11 framework. Now, I preface this with just in case, you know, you think you're so cool running, you know, whatever it is, your Linux router and running your Linux desktop OS and whatnot, you've probably neglected your OpenWRT perimeter or or uh nas in, uh, or whatever it is that you're running there there you need to address that as well and the um built-in op up, upgrade <clears throat> is insufficient the op or the OPKG upgrade you have to completely blow it away and put in a new environment in order to pick up all of the patches that you need and these are ways to get your open every uh, open uh, wrt device completely owned so you're not immune either, Linux folks. Occasionally, you need to patch your stuff as well. So don't look smug. Let's move on to gaming oh. quick hits. Very quick hits. Talk about Witcher 3. Next so gen fast. update. It's out. Well, there's certainly a hit, but it's not quick. Well, yeah, Rock Paper Shotgun's saying to go back to Witcher 3 Classic. They're telling people to roll back. But why? You lose all of that graphical fidelity. Oh, well, uh, okay, so to start off with just, like, the, the basic, uh, and, oh, was that the wrong link? Uh, Dag nabbit. They, even just running the old Ultra preset without any of the new stuff, they still lost about 20 or 30 frames. Right, they're still running the exact same preset as they did originally. But, uh, yeah, yeah, they're still losing it. But the problem is that... Uh, when they were turning on ray tracing on, uh, I believe it was a 3070. Uh, okay, so an RTX 3070, Core i5 11600K, interesting choice, but still. And 16 gigs of DDR4 at 1440p. Okay. They managed 27 frames per second. 
27 frames per second. Now, the good news is that this brand new build of Witcher 3 supports DLSS uh, 2 and 3, assuming you've got the support for 3 and uh, FSR as well. So they turned on DLSS 2, set ray tracing to balanced, and managed to hit 34 frames per second. Okay. So I remember running Quake 2 on a Voodoo graphics, and <laughs> you could tweak that to get about 35, 36 frames per second mm-hmm. on an AMD. If you had a Pentium 2, you could maybe get up to 39 to 40. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty smooth maybe. gaming back in the day. 30 FPS, that's the target. Yeah. Well, I mean, on a CRT, yeah. That's what Voodoo so, Graphics was uh, was designed for, 640 by 480 at 30, 30 hertz. On a solid 30, well, 30 it was. 30 frames per second, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's not good. Uh, CD Projekt Red is, of course, uh, saying, don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, and, and it came out today, by the way. If you, yeah. if you missed this, today was the day that it dropped. Uh, they're, they're desperately trying to work on a fix for after the launch date. Which is now tradition there, apparently, um, for anyone who you know <laughs> dealt with cyberpunk. Sorry. And <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean for that to come out yeah. so loud. But the one thing I'm really curious about that I did not, because it was an insane day today, uh, have a chance, was that this also came out for uh, Xbox and PlayStation. Right. Right, and with the ray chasing support. So I'm curious what kind of hits the consoles saw and if it's actually going to be, you know, the same, although to be fair, this is an NVIDIA card as opposed to an AMD card. But uh, I mean, I could try it on the 6800 XT. I don't expect it to be going very well, but I could give it a shot. Uh, another gaming quick hit is the Sid Meier Ultimate Collection on yeah, Humble. Scroll through this. Bundle mm-hmm. all of this. Civ 6. You, just, you can't and- believe it. Multiple DLCs for Civ 6. Lots of DLCs. Uh, Civilization Beyond Earth. Civ 5 Complete Edition. Sid Meier's Pirates. Oh, yeah. Railroads. Civ 4. Civ 3 Complete. Sid Meier's Starships. Railroads. There's a lot. Even Ace Patrol. This is a lot of Sid Meier. $471 value. Pay what you want. I mean, if you assign that much value to Civ 6, I mean. (laughs) And all the DLC that goes with Civ 6. But yeah, 15 bucks will get you minimum in on 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 that 20 item bundle. Seems like a deal if you like this sort of gaming. Nice. And speaking of a certain kind of gaming, Subnautica Mm. 2.0 update. Fixes over 800 bugs. (laughs) Yeah, really. If you liked Subnautica but were annoyed by some of the inconsistencies, you might want to get back into it. It's a, it is a fun game. Um, this what you mean when my little uh, Manta thing got stuck in the wall and there was literally nothing you could do but try and abandon it, except you were too deep to be able to make it to the surface again. To uh, there, yeah. yeah, and you die, and there's some island things as well when you get up and explore the island. But anyway, there's, oh. there's a fair number of things. Yeah, there's there's a fair number of elements that have been fixed, obviously, with a number that large, that there's lots of bugs that have been fixed. So if you abandon the game and were annoyed by it, you might want to take a look at it again. 800 bugs fixed is reasonable. It's a lot. Yeah. Let's try it. And they also yeah. add a bunch of stuff from Below Zero. Oh, like the little surface know. pod things and a couple of other things mm-hmm. you get from Below Zero are ported back mm-hmm. into it. 
Nice. Let's pause here for a word from another podcast sponsor this week. It's time for you to take that leap into lifelong learning with Masterclass. Masterclass offers classes on such a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's most creative minds, anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. Improve your cooking skills with Gordon Ramsay. Think like an FBI profiler with John Douglas, or even how to make compelling videos with Marquis Brown Lee. I've been enjoying the art of negotiation with former FBI negotiator Chris Voss, and he has a great in-depth session on winning workplace negotiations, which is very handy. With over 180 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do or learn about is closer than you think. I've just started taking a class with the Duffer Brothers. You might have seen them as the writers and creators for Stranger Things. They take you through the total concept and development for a series, including character development, world building, right down to setting up and selling your pitch. This is super cool. Explore the full library of cinema quality classes on the Masterclass streaming platform from your phone, tablet, Apple TV, or any computer. They even have an audio-only mode for on-the-go listening. I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give the perfect gift of an annual Masterclass membership and get one for free. Go to masterclass.com slash pcper today. That's masterclass.com slash pcper. Terms apply. We're back and it's time for picks of the week. Uh, and Josh is going to get us started, as is tradition. Gosh, you know, these Fire TVs are pretty, pretty high quality TVs and they're absolutely dirt cheap for, you know, less than 800 bucks for a 65. I think that uh, there are other coupons involved that may take that even lower. So it's just insane how big and how good of a TV you get. Now, the only problem is that it is a 60 hertz, you know, native. So you don't have the, the actual 120 hertz. It does have that strange, you know, interpolation flashing thing to give you, you know, the, the smoothing, but smoothing sucks. Is this but yeah, full array yeah. Uh, backlighting? Yeah. The picture here shows individual. Like, wow. The, I don't know if it has local dimming oh. or not, but at least it's like not. Yeah, it says it. local dimming. Oh, nice. Wow. 65 inch, $7.99. This, I would have. That's not bad. That's amazing, actually. Huh? huh? Yeah. 65 inches with local dimming. I mean, yeah. Hmm. Who makes this for so them? Cheap. Is this a Vizio TV? Probably. Yeah. Or an HCL, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, Jeremy, your pick this week. God, I had almost nothing, but for Canadians that are watching the show live, there's actually a really decent deal on right now for uh, G502 SE Hero. It, it's significantly even less than half price. It, it's gone from about 100 bucks Canadian to 40 bucks Canadian, but it's today. So either buy it now or forever hold your peace. Sorry, I just didn't have time to research anything better. Hey, no, it's but, not hey. as bad as you think. It says sale is December twenty four. You've got time. Oh, it just says it was a deal. deal. Now it's a full deal. So there yeah, you go. See, that is a keep great an eye deal. on it. Yeah, it's it's a really good mouse. I I, I absolutely hate it. Uh, <laughs> the best thing about it, you can turn all the LEDs off on it, so there's no RGBs left. Now, For does audio it listeners, save that? setting he's using it <laughs> to the hardware or do you have to keep the software running to keep the leds off uh yeah neither to enable the software to turn the leds on 
Oh, okay. Uh, so the, there's no local memory on it, so it's not oh. like it saves a profile. But, it's nice uh, that it starts yeah. off with the LEDs off, then. Yes. Brett, your pick this week. You know, you get into a discussions with a lot of people, and come to find out a lot of people have very... I don't want to say brand loyalty to certain brands. And, you know, they're talking about Apple graphics cards, Apple, for instance, you know, you have some people have that sort of thing going on. You know, I don't know anybody like that, but anyway, so you're talking about people, they're building their gaming PCs. they have a particular brand loyalty. Sometimes, you know, it's it's uh, manufacturers like MSI or whatever, but a very popular brand to be loyal to is Asus or Asus. However you like to pronounce it. That so, is a whole other podcast. It, it is a complete, it, and you can spend a bunch of minutes on that as if well. You, if you think mm-hmm. about However, it, okay, remember, at one point in time, there was a company <clears throat> called Pegasus, and then one half of it, it became Pegatron, and the other half of it became Asus Tech Computer Inc., or whatever it was called. Yes. And we just call it Asus, Asus now. Tech. If you think about it as yeah. the end of the word Pegasus, I would just pronounce it Asus, but that sounds wrong. Asus. Well, it sounds like Asus, the end of a Pegasus. Asus. 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 Asus, Asus. Asus. I'll just Asus. go by whatever JJ says. But I kind of like Asus myself. Okay. okay. But it was Josh and I that got really confused by Gigabyte. A lot of people say Asus. So I'm I'm willing to buy into that. Yes. And speaking. Anyway, of the point is the point is is that oh my gosh, the folks that are so into the motherboard and the graphics card and the RAM and everything else are missing out on a case. For goodness sakes. Put all of your Asus gear in an Asus case. And, and this is Are an those Asus case. Straps on the front. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It says tough gaming on, on those bondage straps. This unfortunately, okay. this particular case uh, is up to, I believe, micro ATX. So it's it's a the smaller version, but it's, so it's 32% ATX. It's ATX. off. Oh, oh, okay. This is the I, Top I Gaming GT301. It's a mid-tower, supports ATX motherboard. Yeah, look at all those slots. My, my, my oh, mistake. Yeah. My mistake. It has a this vented front one. panel. It's so that mesh front panel. So yep. this will have and some it'll handle Up to a 360 AIO or 360 right, radiator right. if you feel like you want to build your own. Yep. But it's 74 bucks, And it's a, you know, it's completely brand, on brand for the Asus fans. It's not a bad looking case. It, you know what? It's for seventy five dollars. It, it's with, it's it actually comes with not. four fans. That's not bad at all. Yes. Yeah, four fans. And if you look at it, you can say that's probably a pretty good airflow case. It's got a lot of venting in the front, and uh, the top, and the back. So, and totally okay. on brand for ASUS fans. My pick this week is a card that I haven't really even thought about uh, at all. It seems to fly under the radar. And it is the... It's going to be a Turtle Beach card or something, isn't no, it? Oh, no, no. This is something you can actually buy today. It's overpriced. <laughs> I'm at Best Buy's website right now. They have an XFX Speedster Swift 309 Radeon RX 6700. Not the XT, though. It's just the 6700. It's currently selling for $319.99. Now, you might ask yourself, well, 6700... That's probably the same performance as a 6650 XT, right? Thereabouts. And it's actually not because I do not have one of these to test, but I looked around and there was a review from very recently over at Tom's Hardware where they finally got their first look at one of these 22 days ago. They got a Sapphire card. The apparently list price on the base model is $299. And... Or at least that's what it was when they published their review. This was around Black Friday time frame. But look at the 6650 XT 
Eight game average at 1080 Ultra was 86.2, and then the 6700 non XT was 93.8 across the same games. But where does the Arc 770 fall on this? Just you know, uh, readers want to know. It falls just okay. okay. Below. Okay. Well, actually, no. It's right there. Yeah, Look, it's, it's, it's neck and neck right with there. it. Okay. Ooh, wow. This is an interesting question. All oh, right. so, okay. That is a let's, let's explore that. Eight, okay. If on the Intel side, you would get for 349, 16 gigs of memory, about the same raster performance, but AV1. And with this card, you don't get the AV1, but you probably get better overall driver support. That's an interesting question. But an RT performance. That Detail card is is up to a 3060 Ti. Yeah, I'm seeing that here. Type level. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be recommending this. I just thought, you know, uh, we keep on talking about these thousand dollar cards. <laughs> For three hundred bucks, you get quite a bit of GPU. But suddenly, so Intel gigs of memory. Intel Arc comes around and smacks you right in the face. What are you going to do? Yeah, it's just Intel Arc. Buy an A770 today. They're three forty nine. They have sixty gigs of memory. And uh, we RT, should end the show because I can no longer breathe out of my nose, and I probably I can hear that even worse than usual. Sorry, Josh, give me an outro, please. You know, it's 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 been a long day. It's been a long week. I probably said that before, but as I get older, it is true. the The days are long, and the years are are flying by. Shorter. Yeah, something like that. But this podcast is not flown by. It was segue after segue after segue. And so, I mean, if you like, you know, the Mike Leach style of, of <laughs> talking about things, rest in peace, Mike. You were yes, a unique individual. Uh, but Raise drink to that. No, I, this, is, this has been, this has been painful, kind of like, you know, hemorrhoids pain. I mean, it's not killing you, <laughs> but it ain't fun. Yeah, okay. But luckily... You have something you can do. You can turn us off. So good night. Yeah, thanks. Uh, hopefully, we can turn any viewers <laughs> That's my off. advice. Uh, but yes, thank you so much for that. I'm going to end the recording.